my old copier boss, when I was selling copiers, uh, his name was Joe White. Joe White is, is uh, I probably learned more about business in the year that I worked for Joe White than I learned the 15 years that I sold furniture at Crescent. I tell you, Joe White, he was, he was a great salesman. And Joe said that if you want to sell anything, if you want to sell anything, you've got to talk to the, to the person, the potential buyer who has the mant, the money, the authority, the need, and the time. If you're not talking to the person with the mant, you're wasting your time. If he doesn't have all four of these going on, the person who has the mat, if he doesn't have the money, if he doesn't have the authority, if he doesn't have the need, if he doesn't have the time, you're wasting your time. No sale. No sale. Not just in products, we can see this idea of, of mat work out in, in other ways as well, from the, from the rich man to the poor man. From the powerful man to the not-so-powerful man, Abraham Lincoln, on July the 18th, 1864, he made an announcement concerning terms of peace during the Civil War. He wrote this announcement, To whom it may concern, any proposition which embraces the restoration of peace, the integrity of the whole union, and the abandonment of slavery, and which comes by and with an authority that can control the armies now at war against the United States, will be received and considered by executive government of the United States, and will be met by liberal terms on other substantial and collateral points, and the bearer or bearers thereof shall have safe conduct both ways. What, in other words, what he was saying then, what Lincoln was saying was he didn't want to talk to anybody about peace unless they could control the army that was fighting against the United States. Unless they had the mant, he didn't want to talk to them. But he sure did want to talk to them if they could. In Denver, Pennsylvania, for 50 years, anyone living within five miles of this hat factory set their watch by the sirens that went off five days a week. For five days, 5.30 in the morning, there was the wake-up siren. Time to work siren, the lunch siren, the Quentin time siren. They were heard five days a week. The siren system was disbanded when the, when the factory folded. And the timekeeper for all those years was asked, what did you use to determine the exact time to blow those sirens all those years? And he smiled, and he reached in his pocket, and he pulled out a child's Mickey Mouse watch. For all those years, that watch had the authority. That watch directed the lives of thousands the great thing was, though, everybody recognized the authority, that siren that woke them up in the morning, told them when to go on break, told them when to go to lunch, told them when to go home. Authority means author power. That's what it means, author power. You know, when I write a sermon, before I even try to write a sermon, I write an outline first. I try to write me a, a really good outline. I try to research and put all the things in there that, that I even might want to say in the sermon. To keep myself in line. To keep myself 
orderly, to keep my, my sermon orderly. Without a good outline, I'm not ever going to write a good sermon. Some of y'all might think, well, you need to write better outlines. I don't know. You know. I continually refer back to my, to my outline, though. No. I'm always referring back to my outline. Authority is like an outline. Author power. Author power. And if we're going to accept God's authority in our lives, we're going to have to use God's outline for our life, the Bible. We must get back to the Bible as the authority for our lives. Because the Bible is the Word of God. The Bible is the pattern or the outline for our lives. When we accept the Bible's authority, what we read or what we hear from the Bible, what we do is we try to incorporate those things into our lives. The prophet Jeremiah wrote that it's not in a man to direct his own steps. Parenting Magazine said that many times children want you to lay down the law. They want structure. Yeah. They want structure. You know, we work better. We work better if we know what to expect, don't we? Confusion reigns without direction. You know, imagine, imagine all the games you've played in your life. And now imagine those games without rules. Well, they would be just utter confusion, wouldn't they? Games without rules. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, the Hebrew writer wrote in Hebrews 12, verse 2. The Hebrew writer also said in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5, that Moses was told how to make the tabernacle. And, and he quotes God who says to us even today, make sure you make all things according to the pattern. There's a pattern that we've got to go by, and it's found in the Bible. No, God is not the author of confusion. Things have been made according to a pattern. And if the world is ever going to cooperate and unity under the name of Christ is ever to be had, Christianity must be restored by the authority, which is the Bible, God's Word, or we labor in vain. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is inspired of God, is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for training in righteousness. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, He who does my word is like a wise man who built his house on the rock, whereas the, the foolish build their house on the sand. The words of Jesus found in the Bible's New Testament are God's foundation, God's rock that we build our lives upon. To build on anything else is like building on sinking sand. Many do try to build their lives, outline or pattern their lives on someone or something other than God's Word. False authority is used by many. There are many false authorities. Emotion is one. 
motion, feelings, you know, many ways. People, things, people think different ways. They look, they, they think this looks good to me. But Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 says, There's a way which looks good to a man, but to the end it's death. Another false unbiblical authority in, in many lives is tradition. That's handed down by man and not the Bible. For 2,000 years, you know, people believed Aristotle was right when he said that a heavier object, if you drop it, will travel faster than a lighter object, smaller object. For 2,000 years, people believed that it was true. All they had to do for 2,000 years is just take a big object and a little object and drop them at the same time. But nobody ever did to disprove what Aristotle said. Anyone could, have, anyone could have done this, but it wasn't until 1589 when Galileo dropped a 10-pound ball and a 1-pound ball off the Leaning Tower of Pisa. At the same time, in front of the learned professors of the day, and both weights hit the ground at the same time. But because of tradition, these learned men still would not believe their eyes. They still said, no, it's, it's what Aristotle said. I don't care what you just did. I don't care that both of them hit at the same time. Tradition. Another false authority, but we hear it a lot, is, well, that's what our church does. Don't you hear that a lot? That's what our church does. Many times church practices a false authority. In Acts chapter 9 verse 14, Saul had the authority, as we've been talking about in Acts class on Wednesdays. If you're visiting with us, I highly recommend that you come on Wednesdays and study the book of Acts with us. But in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 9 verse 14, Saul had the authority of the chief priests of the, of the Jewish religion to bind up, even to put to death Christians. He had their authority, but their authority was false authority. So really Saul had, had no authority to do what he was doing. If the Bible is not behind a practice, why bind it on others? And pretend that it is. Saul's authority was from the wrong source. Religious leaders. Many believe the false authority of the biggest crowd. An all denominational group was featured in the Portland Leader this past week because of their incredible growth. The numbers in just two years had jumped from 87 to almost 500. It's a lot of people in two years. You know, my mother and father, they took a vacation in, in the state of Maine once and were told where to get the best lobster. And they drove out to the coast and before they left, my father said, how will I know when I'm there? Oh, you'll know. You'll know when you're there. So they drove out to the coast and Saw a little shack. Outside the little shack was a long line of people standing there in the cold. They knew they had arrived. People don't stand in line in the cold at a little bitty shack for just nothing, right? 
That was where the best lobster was. But the multitude of people at a place does not mean God is pleased. It does not mean God is pleased because there's a big crowd. Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 says, The broad way to destruction is where the biggest crowd is headed. Many of these crowds and others follow false authority, the false authority of modern prophets who claim to speak for God. John wrote in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, that many false prophets are gone out into the world, many with false authority, and they deceive the masses, even today. Yes, even today we must, Jude 3, contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Modern prophets have even told many to continue to follow the old law, the the Old Testament. Romans chapter 15 verse 4, the old law was written for our learning, not for, for our salvation. It has no authority over us anymore. It has no authority over the Christian today. The old law, including worship on the Sabbath, was taken out of the way by being nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. Christians are under the new covenant, not the old anymore. Anyone following the old, well, is following a false authority. You're following the wrong pattern. You're following the wrong outline. We must go back to the Bible and find out what pleases God. We must follow God's given authority. God is, the source of, God is the source of all authority. It is God who is, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 6, over all and through all and in you all. God is the source of all authority and could give that authority to whomever he desired. God did just that when he said before he went back to heaven, before Jesus went back to heaven, he said, In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, all authority is given me in heaven and on earth. Jesus was given all the authority. God gave the authority to Jesus. God has given Christ all the authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus, who said all authority has been given to me, he also said, John chapter 16, verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He told that to the apostles. Jesus made sure here that the disciples knew that the Holy Spirit would guide them into all truth. In Acts chapter 2, the Spirit came with power upon the apostles, giving authority to the apostles to tell the people what they must do to be saved. The apostles wrote the New Testament by the Holy Spirit so that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4. Paul wrote what he knew to write, what he was told to write, and said very plainly to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 37, the things I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. The New Testament is the binding authority of God. The outline for your life, the pattern for you to go by. 
my new friend Carla May, she was here last week. She was sick this week. She said the other day that she watches a lot of court shows, a lot of court TV, a lot of Judge Judy and, you know, things like that. And she said, she learned from this show, she, just, she said this in the car. She said, if you, go on, if you go before one of those judges to sue somebody, you better have everything down in writing, she said. The New Testament was God's plan of authority. A written down document is the most accurate. We have the most accurate knowledge from God available. We have the mind of God in our hands. And we can pick it up and we can read what God wants us to know anytime we choose. The Spirit of truth guided the apostles into all truth to write the word of truth. We must go back to the Bible and understand and tell others of God's will for their lives. A good outline of the New Testament and true Christianity is this. The Bible tells us what to do, what to teach, what to believe. The Bible is the pattern. The Bible is the authority. We need to question some people like the Pharisees did Jesus. The Pharisees questioned Jesus in Matthew chapter 20, 21, verse 23. They wanted to know who it was that gave Jesus the authority to do what he was doing because they knew they hadn't given him the authority. We need to question people. We must ask ourselves when faced with some new teaching, by what authority do we do this as Christians? Jesus asked the Pharisees in in that same passage in Matthew 21 in in the next verse, uh, verse 24, he said, I'll answer your question if you'll answer mine. The baptism of John, was it from man or God, Jesus asked. Jesus gives gives us a pattern here. Do you see the pattern? We must forever ask this question. Whose authority is it? God's or man's? We must understand the words of man will not judge us on the last day. On the last day, John chapter 12 verse 48, Jesus said the words I have spoken will judge you. The thing is taught in scripture, it is so. If it's not taught in scripture, well it's not so. And that's a good rule of thumb for living the Christian life. To know if something is so or not, like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17 verse 11, we must search the scriptures daily. We know God's truth from man's era by what the apostles taught in the New Testament. I mean, how can we know truth from error? Well, it's written in the pages of the Bible. And we can find it out if we'll just seek. Jesus said, if you seek, you will find. We must seek out God's answers from God's holy book. We must go back to the Bible. We must write the next chapter of our lives by God's outline, God's pattern, God's authority. 
God has given us the mant, the money, the authority, the need, the time to make this decision. He's given us the mant. We have the authority to make a decision this evening. We don't need money. The price has already been paid. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. The one who had no sin became sin on our behalf. The blood was spilt. The price has been paid. Money is not a problem. Jesus died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again the third day and he was seen by hundreds. This is the gospel and I must preach this to you and you must obey it to be saved. It is God's pattern, God's outline for your life. God gave his authority to Jesus. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. The the promised Holy Spirit told the apostles and the inspired men what to write and these have given us The mind of God, the Bible, God's authority. God's mind is contained in the New Testament. Every one of us, every one of us have need to obey the gospel. Either have obeyed the gospel or you have not obeyed the gospel. You are either not obeying the gospel or you are obeying the gospel. We all have a need. And the time is now. You have the mant to make the decision. You have the authority to make this decision this evening, whether to come to Christ or not. You most certainly have the need. And as we sing this song, come down at this time.